Greetings, leaders. Thank you for joining us for the episode of Leadership Is Podcast. I am your host, Jason Muhammad, founder of JM Leadership Consulting. Today's discussion, we're talking about increasing engagement. There are many variables that contribute to employees not being engaged in your agency, company, and organization. But today, we want to talk about three key factors that play a part in this actively disengagement. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for joining us for the episode. Today we're discussing how to increase employee engagement. So first we want to look at what is the word engagement? What does the word engagement actually mean, right? Uh, it, it means a formal arrangement to get married. You know, when you, you when you're uh, getting on your knees as a man, you know, to propose or a woman to propose, right? Uh, you have the ring in your hand and you're proposing to your partner and you're saying, you know, what you're doing is uh, you're actually giving an intent for a lifelong commitment. See, this is why uh, it is in described in the business world as engagement. Right. Because it's not only that lifelong commitment, but then it also the word engagement means a fight or a battle between um, forces. Right. So you're working for this company. And, and so you're tied into this company's KPI. Uh, you're tied into this company's core value. You're, you're tied into and married to or committed to this company's mission statement. Right. And vision which of course will include not only the product but more importantly the ideal customer for that company's product or services right so you're married and then you're in a fight right to protect the uh integrity and infrastructure product and of course again more importantly the ideal customer's loyalty for that company agency and organization and then the last uh uh, definition of the word engagement is an arrangement to go to a designated location at a fixed time, right? I don't know how many of you remember uh, Star Trek. used to have uh, Captain Picard, I think it was, and of the Starship Enterprise. And at the end of every ep- episode, he would say, engage, <laughs> right? Which means to go to a designated location at a fixed time. So, um, however, so those are, you know, definitions of the word engage or engagement in its simplicity. However, after doing some research, found this company uh, called Talent Map, who deal with employee engagement and leadership development. And so they gave a definition. They asked the question first, what is employee engagement? And I thought that their definition was, uh, you know, really a good definition. And so, but we're going to go deeper into this and how this actually affects your company. So what Talent Map says is they say employee engagement is a positive, energized state of mind that stems from both a cognitive and an emotional investment of personal energy that is focused on transforming a work task, a team goal, and or an organization outcome into a meaningful business objective. Now, it seems like a lot of words, right? But if you dissect into what that actually looks like, right? Do you have someone that's in your company, agency, and organization that actually fits 
that description, right? And if not, why not? Why aren't your employees engaged in your company? How often do you invest in, you know, researching why they're not in, in, uh, engaged in your company? There are many companies that spend a lot of money each year on surveys and questions, right? But then they don't necessarily pay close attention to the data that is received from those surveys, right? And then, you know, what do they do with that data? Many companies just overlook, you know, the data that they have and then don't implement uh, any type of uh, leadership development program to, to actually address uh, the answers that they actually have. And so we're going to go over some data that actually, you know, talks about that. But again, what is employee engagement? This is what you want to see in your company, agency, and organization. Employee engagement is a positive energized state of mind that stems from both a cognitive and an emotional investment of personal energy that is focused on transforming a work task, a team goal, and or organization outcome uh, into meaningful business objectives. See, look, let me tell you something. Many people look at <laughs> engagement. You can have an employee that's engaged just enough right? Doing just enough to not get fired, right? Doing just enough not to get fired. And you all are paying them just enough for them not to quit. That is not engagement, right? That That is not engagement. That is a bad relationship uh, within a, an employee and, uh, you know, with this company, agency and organization. So I'm going to refer back to uh, a book, you know, that I've read called It's the Manager uh, that was written by Jim Clifton and Jim Harder uh, as a as a research a tool from Gallup. Right. And in in this book, I mean, I, I tell you, I love this book. This is such a, such an awesome book. Right. In In this book here. It talk about several things. And so I'm just going to uh, go from something that they stated here. I'm reading from uh, page 109 in uh, chapter 28. And they say, why employee engagement programs have not worked? Globally, 85% of employees are either, uh, are either not engaged or actively disengaged at work. Companies and leaders worldwide recognize the advantages of engaged employees and most have instituted surveys to measure engagement. Yet, employee engagement has barely budged in two decades. Listen, Gallup has been tracking employee engagement in the United States since 2000. Uh, though there's been some slight movement, two-thirds of U.S. employees have been either not engaged or actively disengaged in their jobs and workplace during this time. As of 2018, Gallup finds that 34% of employees in the U.S. are engaged, meaning they are involved, enthusiastic, and committed to their team and to their organization. In other words, they somewhat fit the description that Talent Map gives for how an active, uh, engaged employee looks. So... Uh, again, worldwide, just 15% of employees who work for an organization are engaged. 
those are some pretty low numbers, like 34% out of all the U.S. workers are engaged. Like, that's that, those are some pretty low numbers, you know. So we, we have to kind of look at, okay, why are these employees not engaged at their job? They applied for these jobs. They came to the interview for these jobs. But why are they not engaged? in these jobs okay so we're going to talk about those things uh here and 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 more uh at this time we're going to go into a little small commercial and I want you all to just uh if you can hang with us okay thank you so much hey thank you so much for coming back with us and so we want to talk about you know really the three uh, primary factors uh that keeps employees disengaged or actively disengaged at your work right and so and we want to talk about it from the perspective of this time that we're actually in right now which is a time of transition transition pardon me uh that has been induced by this coronavirus by this pandemic right and so the first reason why your employees are not engaged is because of fear it's because of fear see let me let me explain this to you. This pandemic is causing a change in the workforce. It's changing how promotions happen. It's changing how uh, yearly or annual reviews are being given. Right. It's changing even the location of workers as more. Fifty two percent have become uh, remote workers. Right. And so it's changing all of that. And so your, 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 your employees have this somewhat of a resistance. But remember, as we said in one of our other podcasts, they don't resist change. They resist the if of change. Right. And so the if if of change stands for ignorance and fear. And so fear is one of the primary reasons why uh, your employees are not engaged. Because they really don't understand, you know, what's happening with this transition. Because when when transition or times of change and transition happens, leaders have to see uh, these transitions in a different way, right? And and see again, S E E stands for serve, enlighten, and empower. And these are the three things that every leader does during a time of crisis. And so we're actually still many people are not, you know, <laughs> thinking that we are, but we still are in a crisis. We still are in a pandemic. And this pandemic is on a health wise and it's also an economic pandemic. And so within this um, this pandemic that we're actually in, uh, 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 you know, it, it, people, the employees are resistant to the change that is being caused by this. And so therefore that resistance to the change is producing lack of engagement, which is caused by fear, right? Zig Ziglar says that fear is a false evidence appearing real. But what is the evidence? Many people may say, well, the evidence is that the economy is sinking, right? Uh, uh, the economy is, is sinking and it's going down. So this false evidence may appear real. See, we, we, we can we can pull ourselves, you know, uh, uh, out of this this rut, you know, as a as a U.S. economy. You know, this U.S. economy can pull itself out of this rut. However, there are certain changes 
<laughs> that this that that it has to make right and so until it's uh um willing to make those certain changes well then you may be faced with these drastic uh numbers right and so employees are fearful they are afraid they fear right uh uh the the present economy what is the they're looking at people that are being furloughed you know uh people that are being furloughed and then that produces another situation that is called survivor's guilt survivor's guilt right survivor's guilt uh is just uh it's a mental condition that occurs when a person believes they've done something wrong by surviving a traumatic or a tragic event when others did not often feeling self-guilt so when you've been working beside someone in this job and then all of a sudden you see them furloughed right or you see them relieved from their post and then but they didn't relieve you somewhere in you right you feel the lack of value that you actually add to the company you, you you should not uh feel the lack of value that you add to the company if they're keeping you there they're keeping you there for a reason right but again uh those that love their or admire their uh and care for you know their their fellow employee their coworkers then when they get fired they know about their struggles they know about you know the some of the financial situations that they have you know they see the commitment even that they may have and when you're seeing all of that but then you see them furloughed and then you feel like you're not adding as much value as that one that got furloughed you start feeling guilty about that right so you know there there's some steps to get past that uh Myers Briggs even uh you know that the 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 company that measures personality uh they stated that those who were more in the feeling you know uh personality type uh they suffer through this survivor's guilt more than those that are in the thinking personality type right so again there are some steps to get past that but again that's that that's that fear the fear of losing the job number 1 and then number 2 is uh the survivor's guilt that if you don't lose the job you have this survivor's guilt <laughs> right this survivor's guilt you know come comes about because someone that you knew uh got fired now let me explain something to you right so the fear of being fired comes even though the US unemployment rate dropped to 11.1% in June uh you know coming from an all-time high of 14.7% that was reached in April. And so, you know, so even looking at the unemployment rate dropping, there's still this fear, right? There's still this 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 fear uh that that happens uh within these companies, agencies and organizations. and so when you know so they are afraid to lose their job and then number 2 is with survivor's guilt when they don't lose their job they have this survivor's guilt number 3 here's the most here's one of the most important reasons why you know uh your employees are not engaged uh in in your company right and so that's that's uh again I'm going to refer back to uh it's the manager by Jim Clifton and Jim Harder uh research book produced for Gallup and they say that 
um, make my development the reason employees stay. This is in chapter five of their book, right? So Gallup discovered that the number one reason people change jobs today is career growth opportunities. And that reason is on the rise. See, we've given so many uh, podcasts on this whole thing about, you know, creating a culture of high development and, you know, looking at next generation leaders. And there's so many numbers that surround that fact. Right. This is the number one reason why you know, your employees are not engaged at your company is because they are not looking at a real career growth opportunity in your company, right? So many companies have leadership development programs, but how efficient are these actual leadership uh, development programs? I want to go back before I completely uh, continue to read, you know, this here that's coming from It's the Manager. Um, I want to read some data to you uh, from DDI, which is uh, Development Dimensions International, as it relates to uh, assess uh, leadership development programs. Right. So um, they did a survey of over twenty five thousand leaders, over two thousand five hundred companies with two thousand five hundred HR representatives. And what they found was there's a gap in um, how HR leadership looks at leadership development programs and how the actual C-suite leadership looks at leadership development programs. And and so here is what in terms of quality, HR professionals assessments of their organization's leadership development program uh, were lower than the leaders. 78% see their leadership career planning pathing uh, systems as only moderately effective or worse. 48% don't uh, use the information from the assessments and simulations to make leadership hiring and promotion decisions. 50% do not have well-integrated, strategically aligned leadership development programs or processes. 65% do not believe their leaders have high-quality, effective uh, development plans. Now listen to this. 35% do not have a program to develop high potentials, and 45% of those that do don't measure the effectiveness of their programs. So it it, it seemed to me that out of all of those that are surveyed, even if they have, you know, a leadership development program or a program to develop their high potentials or next generation leaders, they're still not utilizing the information and then they're not they don't have anything to measure the effectiveness of their programs. So if you are serious about being a CEO or a CHRO, right, CFO, COO of a company, then you really have to have some strategic conversations uh, as it relates to leadership development and developing your next generation of leaders. Listen to what Gallup says. They say we found that 59% of millennials say that opportunities to learn and grow are extremely important to them when they apply for a job. Uh, Comparatively, 44% of Gen Xers and 41% of baby boomers say the same. 
and 87% of millennials rate professional or growth or career growth, pardon me, and development opportunities as important to them in a job. Far more than the 69% of non-millennials who say the same. So when Gallup asked people across generations why they felt their last job, why they uh, left, pardon me, their last job, the most common words they used were growth and opportunity. And 91% of U.S. workers say the last time they switched jobs, they left their company to do so. They left their company for growth and opportunity or growth and development. So if you're going to increase your employee engagement, your number one focus has to be growth and development. In fact, out of the top 10 challenges that leaders identified, which were, you know, you know, global political uncertainty, uh, outdated national infrastructure, income uh, inequality, global recession, labor relations, uh, slowing economic growth and emerging markets, cybersecurity, new competitors globally. The number two reason uh, or top challenge that uh, over these 25,000 leaders from DDI, 60% of the respondents said the number two challenge is failure to attract and retain top talent. But they said the number one challenge is developing next generation leaders. So if you're going to increase your uh, uh, employee engagement, you have to make growth and development your number one priority. Because if you have these people who look like the ideal candidate, right? See, we we talked about this in one of our podcasts. Don't hire perfection, hire potential. See, so you want to hire the potential uh, so that you there's room for growth, there's room for development, but there's also uh, room for coaching when you're hiring uh, the uh, when you're hiring the potential. And so when you're hiring the potential and you make your environment one of a culture of high development, then you're, you're, you're going to keep uh, the interest of your millennials and Gen Xers and even your baby boomers peaked. Because remember, the baby boomers came in during a time of economic, you know, de- de- depression almost. Right. And so they were mostly driven by money, making sure that they can feed their families. But once the economy was stabilizing, the millennials came in looking for growth and development opportunities. And it is the same uh, as it relates to Gen Xers. Gen Xers are looking for growth and opportunity. So if you're going to uh, increase your engagement in your company, uh, you have to make growth and development your top priority. So listen, thank you so much for listening to the episode. And remember, the key to increasing employee engagement is growth and opportunity. Of course, we talked, you know, there's there's other ways, right? So there's really three key things that you can do to increase 
uh, you know, your uh, your employee engagement, of course, as it relates to the fear and as you know, the, the fear and the survivor's guilt, you can have guided discussions, right? You can have guided dis- dis- discussions. And with these guided discussions, um, you know, you have to have someone that has uh, who knows how to build relationships or build impactful relationships right and in the build b u i l d right you have to be an attentive listener you have to utilize um you have to understand pardon me you have to understand empathetically right and then you have to insulate the relationship with trust b u i of the of the build right so when you have people who know how to build uh, uh you know impactful relationships those are the ones that you want to have guiding, you know, these guided discussions for people who have this fear and who are suffering from this survivor's guilt. Right. And and so and, and how you have those discussions, you have to have those discussions in what are called safe space circles. You got to have some safe space circles. Right. So the safe space circles is broken into two things. Right. So you have your guided discussions that are there. But then you also have, you know, the safe space where this person, these people, you know, who are going through this fear and this survivor's guilt within this company, um, they can just be there to just release and to vent, right? Even by themselves. It's just somewhere to sit. So in this kind of a safe space, you have somewhat like soothing, you know, music even, right? Uh, the temperature is, is, is right. And then you have some pictures on the wall that are calming, right? But but at the same time, reassuring, you know? And, and so that's a safe space. So you want to have guided discussions. And you want to have safe space. Um, those are two of the three keys, right, uh, that helps to increase employee engagement. But the number one key f- for increasing your employee engagement is growth uh, and development. It is growth and development opportunities. That's the number one key to increasing your employee engagement. Thank you so much for enjoying today's podcast as we discussed increasing employee engagement. In this podcast, we talked about three keys for companies, agencies, and organizations to use to, in fact, increase employee engagement. The first one was guided discussions. Number two, safe space circles. And those two are very relevant in this day and time that we're in as it relates to the COVID-19 pandemic that has produced not only a health risk, but then also an economic crisis. And number three, which is most important key for companies to increase employee engagement, is to produce an environment where growth and development opportunities are flourishing. So if you want to really increase your employee engagement, you have to truly invest in growth and development opportunities for your employees. I work with emerging leaders, high potential employees and students to develop and embrace a growth mindset for leadership. If you would like for me to do a presentation or keynote your next event, please contact me, jason at jmleadershipconsult.com or visit my website, 
www.jmleadershipconsult.com and we will respond promptly. Please subscribe to this podcast using Anchor app or anchor.fm. You can even use Spotify and Apple Podcasts using Leadership Is. Please follow us on social media, Twitter at LeadershipJM, Facebook and Instagram is JM Leadership Consulting. And always remember, leadership is influence and service.